Many of my curious colleagues who have been following over the past few years know that I've been trying to kind of ratchet up my health and wellness habits to feel better and stronger after successful chemo. And one of those habits I'm working on is drinking more water. And this is where Liquid IV comes in. Liquid IV is the category winning hydration brand fueling your well-being. And it's their hydration multiplier that's the one product you're missing in your daily routine. What's nice about it, it's just this one stick and in it you get five essential vitamins, B3, B5, B6, B12, and vitamin C. And get this, it's two times faster hydration than water alone. So you could use it first thing in the morning, maybe before a workout, or when you're feeling run down. One of the things I love most about it is its efficiency. If anyone has seen me, I'm typically surrounded by one to two glasses of water, or a big old jug of water that I sometimes forget to bring to work. And what's nice is Liquid IV is efficient. And the flavor that's working for me right now is their wild berry. But there's a couple new ones that are out as well that you've got to try. Two times faster, and like I said, more efficiently than water alone. And it's three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks. It's made with premium ingredients. It's non-GMO and free from gluten, dairy, and soy. So this is what you're going to do. You're going to go ahead, treat yourself to 20% off, and use code MYCURIOUSCOLLEAGUE at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code MYCURIOUSCOLLEAGUE. And don't forget to use the special link in my show notes. Welcome to the My Curious Colleague podcast with your host, me, Denise Veneri. We'll be talking all things consumer relations with a focus on consumer product goods organizations and the brand specialist and analyst roles and responsibilities. So if you like CPGs like I like CPGs, marketing, insights, and caring deeply for your consumers, well, take a listen. Hello, my curious colleagues. Today, my guest is my colleague, Andy Benachet, an IVR guru of sorts. And for those who may need some refresher on what IVR stands for, that is Interactive Voice Response. Hi, Andy, and welcome to the podcast. Hey, Denise. So happy to be here. Thanks for having me on. Oh, my goodness. My honor. My honor. Let's um, let's start with you telling us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Um, Andy Benachet from a company called Holdcom. We're a professional studio that records voice talent that goes on the IVR. So that's where I get my experience from. Started back in the day as a radio announcer, uh, personality on the radio, and then found my way into the creative field. Uh, and have been there for too many years to to mention, but um, I still enjoy it. We get to work with fabulous brands of all shapes and sizes, so it's uh, it's very fun to pick up the phone and have whether it's a Metropolitan Opera or it's a gas station attendant. It's like you get the you get the whole mix of the great world. Yeah, I I didn't know your your client base was so broad. That's very very interesting. Really interesting. Hey, let's start with um, let's kind of continue to look back before we look forward. Um, sure. Let's go with a very brief history of, of the IVR. It's a really a hardworking tool for contact centers, in my estimation. Um, so take us through a, a little bit about the history and, and why, it was invent, 
excuse me, why it was invented and, and its purpose originally. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, you know, the IVR was kind of born at a, at a necessity. It came out in the um, late 60s, but really took uh, favor in the 70s. And that was that was after a time with within the country where everyone was getting a phone, right? It became kind of the standard practice, like you got a house, you got your dog and your picket fence and you got your phone. And um, this was also after the whole advertising boom. So we have become consumers, right? This whole consumerism was born and there was advertising and there was lots of products and tons of reasons to buy products. And um, so was born our industry, right? And um, there was just this gigantic amount of phone calls that had to be managed. And the auto attendant and the, and the IVR was a necessary tool that just enabled companies to be able to easily manage that, those incoming calls. So that that and that that stuck around for a long time and it was very efficient and it worked very well but what was interesting as i looked at back and you know we talked about having this conversation i looked back over time there was it seemed to always follow what was happening with the culture and as the ivr evolved and got more enhanced um, there was always a reason behind it. What was happening with with the public? And the second wave kind of came with cell phones, right? We went for another big boost of another ton of phones being out there. And now they were becoming in the hands of people younger and younger and younger. Um, so the IVR had to get smarter and it became voice enabled. So it wasn't just pressing buttons. Now you're on a mobile phone. You can easily say instead of having to take your phone down and, and press the buttons. So it's just been very interesting to see how, uh, what culture has been driving, the technology had to keep up with it. And for us, I think the IVR is just a, a call center workhorse. It just you just set it and it does its job and it, and it's and it's a fantastic tool. But it can be neglected. Which leads me to my next question because you know normally you would think, oh, set it and forget it. And I know that that is a misnomer when it comes to your IVR. So if you could just share with my listeners some advice, you know, tactically um, on how to keep your current IVR, you know, optimal as, you know, as it is now. And then after that, we'll, we'll get into the future. Yeah, you know, I think um, there's so many new channels being added and everyone's trying to, you know, create a very customized approach to their callers and their contacts. Um, and we tend to forget about the IVR, you know, it's there, it's working, but it's important to look back and I, and we suggest like every quarter, take a look at what you're doing on your IVR, kind of do an audit, um, and see, you know, cause if you pushed out something new, if you have some new chat or, or a bot or something like that, um, there may be a way that you should be pushing from the IVR to that channel. And we'll talk more a little bit about that as, as visual IVR is now the new trending thing. Um, how the other channels can be supported through the IVR. But um, very basic, we, we get back to know your customer, okay? You know, a lot of times the IVRs are designed and built by a, a tech team and a brand manager, and they're, they're focused on what their pain points are. But we, we like to say, turn it around, be the customer, and go through the customer journey. What's, what's their pain points? Don't bury the most important thing that most of your callers are going to be looking for, like, um, you know, how do I return this item? That's your number one uh, thing. Don't bury that as a third or fourth or fifth option in the IVR. Put it at the top, right? So they hear it. They go, that's what I want. And they're out of the IVR. Um, 
it's those subtle little things that just kind of auditing your IVR you can do to really help it perform much better. Um, some of the other things, localization. If you've noticed that you're in a market where you have a high uh, demand of Spanish speaking or um, any, any language really, that would benefit from having the prompts or the self-service information brought to them in their language, then by all means, you should, you should be looking to do that. And um, it's very easy to do. It's, and, uh, you know, I, we, we do it all the time now. I can't even tell you how many different languages we do now. It's, uh, it's fascinating. Most of the hospitals in New York now, they do like nine different languages uh, as a mandatory thing. So um, language and localization, I think, is really important. Branding is another thing. Um, you know, what, what's the brand image that you're trying to push out there? Um, many, many uh, contact centers, they'll, they'll grab an agent who has a lovely voice, um, but it doesn't really represent the brand. Um, you know, you may be a high-end cosmetics brand or um, fashion brand or something like that. You know, you should really be looking at how does that sound to your customer when they're calling. If it's sort of uh, Sally who, you know, just happened to be a really good rep who had a nice voice 10 years ago and is no longer there. Um, those are the kinds of things that, you know, people don't call their own contact centers a lot of time. They're dealing with a lot of calls. That's another thing we suggest that you do is once in a while, just call as the customer and listen. Uh, I'll bet you'll hear three or four different types of voices as you navigate through the call flow. Um, so cleaning that up, making it very consistent. It's, it, you know, trust, you know, this trust is the biggest thing that you can build with the caller. And it's so easily lost when that first impression is broken, when you're like, God, they can't even get the answer on the phone. Right. Like, it's like the, the announcements don't even make sense. That, that announcement's about uh, Christmas. We're, we're already in January. We, we, we've moved on from that. So these little timely things, and just consistency across the IVR makes such a difference in how the, when the caller finally gets to an agent, how they feel. Yeah. And so that first impressions definitely matter. So if I'm hearing correctly, and I love these tips, you know, a quarterly check-in on your IVR sounds appropriate. You want to make sure that if your brand's helping you out, that you kind of flip it and, and think about today's consumer and what their pain points are and if the IVR is helping there. Um, you want to make sure that you're thinking local and appropriate in terms of the languages offered. Um, and also that like that brand persona is, well, it's so important in social media, right? You hear it all mm -hmm. the time there, but it has a definite role here in the IVR as well. The voice, the tone, uh, things like that. Yeah. Yeah. If, if, you're, if your customer is a younger customer and you have an older sounding voice on there does that match you know maybe it does maybe it's part of your brand maybe you're a you're a traditional brand and that makes sense but you know maybe it should be a younger voice maybe it should be not so professional maybe it should be a little bit more fun and a little bit hipper sounding you know maybe a little even some slang words used in there you know without without getting too far we, we, we never want to push it too far but we push it as far as what the brand image is what are you doing on social media it should sort of tie into that a little bit right it should kind of kind of mirror that good point good point i know we said we, we were going to get into the future future Future, future, but let me just first back up just a second. What's sure. some near-term things that are a little bit newfangled um, that people can consider or that I'm even hearing today? I know you mentioned the touch, for, uh, no, the voice versus the touch. Um, and then like, 
IVR deflection? Is there anything you can do to kind of talk about some of those things that are with us now? And and yeah, I, I think what sure. I think what um, what's happening is people are looking for self service, right? That, that that their studies have been done, and the reason they're calling you is they haven't found a good self service option. They've been to your website, they've poked around, and now they're like, okay, I got I got nothing left to do. I got to call them, right? It's it seems to be their last thing. So what we what we like to suggest is make that uh, an easy transition for them if they are looking for self service then recognize that in the IVR. Script it so that you can drive them to uh, a self-help page on the website. Uh, it gets back to knowing your customer and why they're calling. If there are you know, specific reasons that they're calling and you know that you can bring them to a certain page on your website, um, then why not do that? And that's where the visual IVR comes in. Um, and that's what's trending now where we're taking, we're talking about Everyone is calling from a mobile phone now, right? You know, there's this funny thing, like when you say to a kid, how do you, when you want, want to pantomime, you know, that you're on the phone, how do you do it? And our generation, we go like this, right? We go like this, or we go like this. Today, they go like this, right? Because this is how they hold their, their iPhones, right? So we're in this mobile generation and everything is being done on your phone. So why not use that screen? Why not push them a link? directly to where they have to go. They could be having an IVR conversation with you, but that IVR could be saying, oh, you need you need instructions on how to plug in that device or how to recharge that thing. Here's the direct link, deep link in our website on how to do that. That's a deflection. Now, you've, now they can click on that. They go, oh my God, there's a video, a whole how-to video. I can watch this whole thing here on how to take my vacuum apart and put the new thing in. And you've just transferred them from a voice channel into a digital channel, and they are totally satisfied. You've avoided having that call even have to go to an agent um, because now you've taken them into a digital transaction. Is that um, that website or that additional information, is that coming over uh, as a text through SMS? It, it could come over however the caller wants it to come. So it could come, it, it, you would ask them through the IVR, you would say, um, I have this number. Is this your mobile number? Would you like me to send this to you as a text or as an email? email? And you can give you can give them the choices, right? So they may say, oh, actually, this is from my mom. I want you to email it to my mother and whatever. Um, so they'll still always give them control. And we always say that. Don't don't force them into, into this. Give them that option, right? So uh, if you can deflect, great. But if you still would like to speak to an agent, that's an option, right? They can still do that. Because some people, they, that's what they, no, no, I want to talk to somebody. So that's that's um, IVR deflection. Right. And it's a, right. <laughs> sounds silly question, but what is it called when you're um, having a consumer uh, instead of pressing the buttons, you know, press one, press two, um, that they're like a voice activation that they're answering. Yep, that's, what, exactly, what, that's exactly what, what it's called. It's just vo voice enabled, voice okay. enabled. So you're, so you're talking again, um, you know, sometimes somebody's driving and they can't be pulling up the punt, the keypad and whatnot. Um, and they'll want to be able to say those options. Um, uh, and again, other times it, it's, they're in a noisy environment and speaking is not good. So you want to be able to have press, right? So the flexibility of the end user being able to choose what's appropriate for them, you know, and this is the direction that we're seeing. Everything is going to become more and more customized to what each individual caller is going to want and their behavior and their habits. And that's the direction that everything's going to go. Yeah. Uh, Jane Fryman, I don't know if you caught episode 60 
last week, she was talking about, you know, big trends in the home and kitchen. And of course, that personalization um, is in the home and home and not uh, home and kitchen design. And I just think, you know, as we're hearing, it's just trickling down to to everything pretty much. And yeah, that's uh, mm mm-hmm. I don't know if that, if I'm that interesting that I really have something personal that I need, buddy, but, uh, I'm sure <laughs> I do. You'd be surprised. You have your own personal behaviors that you, 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 you don't even recognize that you yeah. have. Oh yeah. I'm the worst customer, I think possibly. <laughs> All right. So there are some of the near in ideas that are already out there. Um, where do you want to go from here? Um, what else can we talk about? We can talk about, um, um, we could go future, future now, or do you have something else near term that is in the marketplace that we should highlight? I think we touched on most of the things. I mean, the, the point I want to drive home about the visual IVR is you have you have these tools already built, right? You have FAQs, you have knowledge bases, you have all these assets that already exist. And right now you have an agent that's pulling them up and and the cool things are happening where AI is, is, is suggesting them for you, right? We're getting more efficient at that. But we could just remove that whole agent from that process, right? And we can point people to these dis- different digital assets that you have through a visual IVR. So instead of the agent having to search the knowledge base, the, the IVR can help the caller through that. And what we find is through a, a visual IVR, the intent of the caller is is identified much, much more quickly and much more effectively. So um, that's, that's a huge savings on the, on the end user because they don't get frustrated with, oh, there's really not an option for what I want. I'm kind of like number two and I'm kind of like number three. I'm just going to zero out to the operator, right? That's again, you know, you just don't want that to happen. But when we flip it and we turn it into a voice conversation and we ask a question of how can I help you today? as opposed to giving them a number of choices, now they're talking in free speech and they're saying, well, my uh, cell phone battery doesn't work and I need to get it replaced. Okay, great. Um, Hey, Andy, just back up a second. Take me through this, really, uh, the details. So is the consumer has a cell phone Mm -hmm. and they're calling and it's a free, who's who's saying, how can I help you today? Is that a recording or is that a human? That that would be... A recorded human. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it could yeah. be synthetic. It could be synthetic, but okay, uh, right. we we've, we find again when we look at the trust factor that people like to hear uh, what's identifiably a human voice, um, and it it would be recorded like an agent that they they you know uh, sound authentic, and they would say you know that thank you for calling cell phone company today. You know how can I help you? You know very pleasant, very open ended. And then they say, oh, uh, great. I, you know, have this issue with my phone uh, and the and the technology now can just take you through that process. And, you know, the people don't even realize that they're talking to a bot um, because it's so sophisticated and it and it will in real time recognize what you're speaking about and bring up the next question or the next qualification that needs to happen. Oh, can I have your account number? You know, it gets the account number and it'll take you through everything that the, a, a normal agent would be doing on the phone. Yeah. Um, and then passing either passing that information off to the agent. Uh, so the agent can finish it. And if that's the way that the caller needed to go, or if there is a self-service option, let's say that there's a return form that has to be done on the website. 
then it could say, oh, that form, you need to fill out a form to have that battery replaced. Um, would you like me to send you a link to that form now? Wait, so phone? it's more like a, we're back to the link thing in terms of yeah, the visual. Yeah. It doesn't just automatically appear on your, on your cell phone. Like it's right, taking right, you to right. the mode. No, no, no. Oh, okay. Okay. No, that's good. And then it's, then you're back to kind of like an omni-channel. So that's yeah, I mean, visual. Okay. That's visual. That's, that's visual. And um, it's, it's, uh, well, it doesn't have to be visual. It's, it's, that's the, but that's where we're at now with yeah, the visual IVR. It's it's sort of flexible, right? It can it can act like a traditional. It can be a voice enabled one, or it can it can use the voice component, the visual component as well. So it it it, it acts as all all types of uh, technology that the IVR can do. Okay. Got it. Is, did is I, that did I confuse you? Did I confuse no, you? No, I think or? I got it. I was just trying to get the different the difference between some of that. Um, artificial or the um, IVR deflection um, and how that's different. The visual IVR, how that might be different. It seems like the visual IVR, you have an opportunity to. Visual IVR, visual IVR will allow you to do deflection, but any, any IVR allow you to do deflection, honestly, because you're, you're deflecting a call. If you can say, um, you know, go to this page on our website and they're, and they're hearing a link, you know, go to cellphone.com slash battery replacement on our website. And it's just spoken versus a link being sent. You're still deflecting that call from the right. contact center. Okay. Okay. Got it. Okay. Is that available now? Visual IVR? Absolutely. Okay. Yes. It's been around, right. been around for a little while. It's okay. becoming more on trend now. Okay. And that's, I would encourage people to start looking at it because there's a, there's a whole bunch of, of savings that they can have. Um, and we don't sell visual IVR, we support it, but um, we work closely with vendors that, that provide that. And many of your contact center softwares probably have it in, enabled. And it's just a matter of working with your vendor to turn it on and, yeah. and work through, work through the, um, okay. the process of that. All right. I'm going to keep on pushing for more futuristic things. What, what do you see happening with web 3.0, whatever that might be? Anything <laughs> there? So, you know, it's going to be really interesting to see where this all goes. Um, what, what we, what we can see is, as we were talking about, things are going to be very personalized, um, very personalized, but at the same time, we kind of have this decentralization of data, right? Back in the day uh, when, you know, web point web 1.0, that was just a transactional thing. You go to a website, you send an email. It was very, you know, basic sort of how you viewed and, and right. participated. Mm -hmm. uh, web 2.0 was social media, right? It was, it was consumer engagement. It was uh, uh, consumer generated content, right? Being able to create your own videos and put it out there, but you didn't own that. That lives on TikTok's website. That lives on YouTube's website. What we're going to see in Web 3.0 is you're going to be generating those same things, but it's going to be on your own platform. You're going to own that video. And if you want to sell that video, that will become an NFT that you will sell to someone. Um, so if that's a decentralization of what's happening right now. It's all centralized. So what Web 3.0 is, we're going to be decentralizing. OK, it's going to be very secure. And that's where the blockchain comes in. That's where all of the the data is going to be stored uh, across the net as opposed to on individual servers. Um, and I, the way I kind of see this happening, 
you know, I feel like there may be some sort of consumer token that has all of your picadillos of what you like as a as a customer. You like a you like to talk to a female voice, or you like uh, this type of music, or whatever. And that whole persona may be contained in some sort of token. And at some point, when you engage with a brand, that token would be passed across, and they would get that information temporarily uh, while they're having an engagement with you, and then you would have all of their details of how they want to be treated as a, as a customer. They prefer email over voice, you know, all these little, little tiny details that everyone's trying to track in their databases, it will be contained within this token. Uh, and then once, you, once that exchange is done, the token expires and then you're not, there's no sort of data privacy issues anymore, you know? So that's kind of the way I envision this sort of going, but who knows, who knows what it's going to be. <laughs> Very cool. It, about how far out are we from that? Can you make a guess? I mean, yeah, maybe, not being pilot. I mean, it's gonna it's gonna happen in baby steps. You know what's what, what's happening with Web three is now you have giant systems that are working together. So it's you're only limited by someone's creativity. So it's just going to take you know some young bright person to say, hey, why don't we just plug this into that, and then we can make this. Um, so who knows what that that's going to be? You know, who knew that Snapchat was going to come out with dissolving uh, instant messages to to people, right? Um, brilliant, right? So you could send private uh, conversations to people, and 24 hours later they're gone, right? Who who'd ever thought yeah. to do that? But okay. you know, it, it it that that was a thing, and then now it's passed, and we're into something else. So things are changing so fast. But um, I I would say probably in three to five years we'll start to see some sort of shift there. And I don't think we're far, far too off from having just a completely virtual agent where you're talking to a, an AI enabled robot of sorts that's handling a good 30 percent of what a normal agent would have been able to do. And the end user is not even going to know it. That, that That's how good it's going to be. That's we're getting close to hmm, that. Hmm, I got to think about that. <laughs> I mean, I think there's a spot for those, you know, more frequently asked questions that are not as deep. Um, you know, of care needed. And then what that might do is, you know, you've heard this freeing up then your human agent to handle some of those more sensitive topics and that, that yeah. So I, I definitely Absolutely. think there's a spot. So I got to get ready three to five years. Okay. Hey, can you <laughs> stick around for your double secret bonus question? I think. Yep, I have time. I can stick around. Okay, great. (laughs) And that will, of course, everyone, I'll share that out at a later time. Um, It will be secretive until then. And uh, my last question for you, Andy, is do you have a volunteer organization you'd like to give a shout out to? I actually do. Um, My dad passed away this year and he and my mom were very obviously very big into family. I'm the, I'm the youngest of uh, six children. I have five children, my own. So <laughs> I kind of got into this whole family thing and uh, near and dear to their hearts was uh, St. Jude's children's hospital. So uh, i support that. St. St. Jude's.org. And uh, they have a donate button right there. If, uh, okay, would be perfect. So kind. <laughs> perfect. Um, no, that's uh, that's, that's a good one. It's a really good one. Thank you for sharing that. And thank thank you you for spending your Saturday afternoon with me. I really appreciate it. It's a pleasure. And I I hope we uh, turned on some light bulbs with some folks and uh, and 
just got them a little bit excited about an old tool that's still doing its job. And it's not dead yet. You know, people want to say the IVR is dead, but it's not dead yet. It's got another, it's got another, it's like share, you know, it just kind of keeps finding some new way to, to perform. And uh, so think of okay. IVR as that's, that's my takeaway. Think of IVR no, as like share. That's a great takeaway and a perfect analogy. <laughs> Thank you so much, Denise. If you've learned even a kernel of an idea or was inspired by this episode, please consider rating and reviewing the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Be sure to share out the hashtag CPGCX because CPGCX really and truly rocks. You have been listening to the My Curious Colleague podcast with Denise Veneri. Thank you for your time. Many of my curious colleagues who have been following over the past few years know that I've been trying to kind of ratchet up my health and wellness habits to feel better and stronger after successful chemo. And one of those habits I'm working on is drinking more water. And this is where Liquid IV comes in. Liquid IV is the category winning hydration brand fueling your well-being and it's their hydration multiplier That's the one product you're missing in your daily routine. What's nice about it, it's just this one stick and in it you get five essential vitamins, B3, B5, B6, B12, and vitamin C. And get this, it's two times faster hydration than water alone. So you could use it first thing in the morning, maybe before a workout, or when you're feeling run down. One of the things I love most about it is its efficiency. If anyone has seen me, I'm typically surrounded by one to two glasses of water or a big old jug of water that I sometimes forget to bring to work. And what's nice is Liquid IV is efficient. And the flavor that's working for me right now is their wild berry. But there's a couple new ones that are out as well that you gotta try. Two times faster, and like I said, more efficiently than water alone. And it's three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks. It's made with premium ingredients. It's non-GML and free from gluten, dairy, and soy. So this is what you're going to do. You're going to go ahead, treat yourself to 20% off, and use code MYCURIOUSCOLLEAGUE at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code my curious colleague. And don't forget to use the special link in my show notes.